Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Happy Valentine's Day, Randy. A day late. Happy belated Valentine's Day to the faith family, everyone as well. And whenever you listen to this, we love you. Valentine's Day. Yes, we do. We love our wives. Yes. And we love the faith family. Yes, we do. Yeah, I've got no Valentine's Day jokes for you. Thank you. But you know something really, really funny uh, was Sunday. I just, I can't get over when you didn't, you you thought you had nine more minutes. I looked. Can at you the, explain that to I everybody? I looked at that clock. I've got that clock way up on the balcony. Yeah. And I looked at it and I read it 1100. Mm. Uh, or, yeah, 1100. And it said 1100. Zero? No, it was 11, actually, 09. Yeah. Oh, you saw the nine as a zero. Yes. <laughs> I thought, oh, wow, I've got nine minutes. This is perfect. Oh, that's funny. And then when I looked at you guys off to my left, there were yeah. like three of you. Yes. Three of you were like, no. Yeah. So then I looked up again and I went, and then it had turned to 10, so 11, we, 10. Yeah, we had family in and yeah. none of us were going to let you go. That was so good. <laughs> so I actually thought what it was was like sometimes for me, I get like the minutes right, but I'll get the hour wrong. So I thought maybe you just saw no. 11.09 and you thought, all right, I got till 19. No. You read the clock wrong. No, and what's sad is I had uh, on my on my iPad up on the podium from the reading, Yeah, I had uh, written out there and on the bulletin, I had handwritten 11.09 three times <laughs> because I'm not used to finishing it 11.09. Yeah. 11.09. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. I know I'm going to hurry. I know I won't get to the end. Then when I saw that I had nine minutes, you I thought, this is great. real proud of Until yourself. Until I looked at you. <laughs> that was one of the funnier looked, moments. I shouldn't have looked at you. That was one of the funnier <laughs> moments. Because all of a sudden, I guess when it clicked 1110, like it, like the light bulb went off and you were like, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so and then I was, thought, and then my next thought was, there's no way under heaven I'm going to stretch this out. I mean, we've got this baptism. You and I have planned for the timing of that yeah. down to the minute. Yeah. And I probably still went a couple minutes to try to just rush to the end yeah, of that Yeah, you passage. did. Just you gathered yourself and did well. Like, and we so. finished, I think, at 11.42 or so. Yeah. So it was good. Oh, Worked my. out well. With all of that going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We work at this stuff. We're trying. <laughs> We're trying. Oh, my. Um, so let's get to this text. I thought I'd like to read it, actually. Okay. Um, and it's not something we normally do, but I want to give that a try. So mm-hmm. Ephesians three fourteen to 21. Uh, It says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was our text. Um, we were in week four or five in this Barnabas series. Mm-hmm. Um, just real quick off the cuff question. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, that was a prayer 
right in the middle of Ephesians. That strikes me as something abnormal. Does Paul do that in many other places that you're aware of? Um, he, at times, looks like he's concluding a letter. Mm-hmm. But in this case, he's concluding a section. Yeah. So this ends the what what is often concerned uh, what is often considered to be the doctrinal section of Ephesians. So yeah. uh, it's not the only time in his letters when he is about to finish. He has this thought that sounds like he's concluding, mm. and then he goes again. Yeah. And this is one of the one of the key places in his writings where he does that. So gotcha. not totally uncommon. Okay. But strategically placed, I mm-hmm. think. Okay. Yeah, it's a good, it's helpful prayer uh, when we oh when we can all pray. Um, so a couple of questions I got for you from uh, this mm-hmm. past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, early in the sermon, you referenced an article about three ways how to deal with COVID. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Uh, so the second reason, uh, if I remember right, was to double down on self-care. Mm-hmm. Doing things like getting exercise, going outside, mm-hmm. etc. Those things, they seem like good things, but I know I need more. Help me to think biblically about those kinds of articles. So when we read mm-hmm. an article like mm-hmm. that, do we just brush it off and say, self-care, double down, pish posh? Or do we say, yes and no? Mm-hmm. How I, do you think about that? Yeah, I appreciate the the, uh, the question like that. So let's let's just use the term double down. Mm-hmm. So for us, what we double down, we double down in a prayer like this. We double down with a sense of dependency on the supernatural spiritual strength that this prayer promises. So let's start there and say, as a Christian, when I'm reading an article like that, I know there's uh, I know there's benefit to all of the things that were listed including uh, the one that you left out, was also meditation. So part of the self-care was meditation or whatever else you would say. You know, you could Mm -hmm. use prayer. Mm -hmm. The problem, uh, not the problem, when a Christian reads an article like that or any of these types of articles that prescribe self-help, a a, a way to manage anxiety and stress, uh, you can manufacture peace. And mm-hmm. calmness. Uh, when you're when you're reading an article like that, the main thing is first to double down on your dependence on God for your spiritual strength, which is why I wanted to include this in the Barnabas series, is because this prayer promises, uh, in a couple of places, it promises strength for us that we don't have apart from God. So I would say first read it, uh, knowing that you're doubling down on or doubling up on your dependence on God. The next thing is these uh, these articles that I've read forever, and I mm-hmm. mean forever, these yeah. kinds of articles are helpful because they are picking up on some very practical things that healthy people do. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't always work for everybody. That this is where yeah. this is where I think we have to be wise about this. You and your relationship with God, you have to determine uh, is this is this right for me? the way I'm built by God, the way God has created me. For instance, if I said everyone should hit the gym every, every day, mm-hmm. uh, that, would, that would destroy some people. That wouldn't help some people at all. So I, I think you read it, first of all, as I said, just make sure your foundation is dependency on, dependency on God. Yep. And then 
some of these some of these things try them and put them into practice like i don't i don't know if you had the first one i don't i didn't memorize the um yeah there were three uh things you could do the last the last one was uh take up a hobby for instance so um as part of self-care. Take uh, no, up a hobby. it was the, it was the, um, there were, there were three. Um, yeah. The three weren't listed here. I thought they were recognized that COVID's not, you know, it's just yeah, going to be it's not thing. going away. So we right. have to deal with it. Right. Just like, just, yeah. Like the flu. the flu. Second was double down on self-care. Yeah. And the third was meditate. That's no, what I no, thought. No, meditation was part of the part self-care. Part of the self-care. Yeah. Okay. The last one was pick up, a, uh, take up uh, a hobby. Take up a hobby. So take yeah. that as an example uh, taking up a hobby is great for some people. I mean, it really, mm. I, I am a, I, yeah. I'm a guy that through my lifetime, you know, I enjoy, I've enjoyed some hobbies and really I get a lot of pleasure out of them. So, but I think, I think you read them though, as a Christian and you say, yeah, there's some benefit for some of these things. You know, it's probably helpful if I, if I pray, <laughs> let's use the, the self-care with respect to a Christian. Uh, it's probably a good idea for me to pray to the Lord this morning. And to talk to him a bit, mm-hmm. so um, you know they they offer some good wisdom, wisdom from the world, and a lot of it works. But it, as a Christian, it cannot be what sustains us, or what builds righteousness in us, or what brings, uh, which we're all familiar with. It it those things alone can't bring well-being or shalom. Yeah, they can't mm-hmm. bring that because none of those things have to do with depending on God. Even the meditation, remember, in that context of an article, meditation is not you're seeking a higher power because that higher power is the only thing that can deliver you. It's just part of the package. Right. So, And the way that um, I think the 21st century person thinks about meditation often is emptying your mind yeah, of right. all of the anxiety. Just clear, just, clear, yeah, it clear out. your mind and yeah. have a mental yeah. space of nothingness. Yep. Yeah which I can find that myself there pretty quickly. Um, but the Christian meditation is meditating on God's word, his truth, his character. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, again, as you know, our worship experience on Sunday, Lord willing was, we believe that God answers that prayer to give us spiritual strength, but we also receive that strength. Yeah. We receive it. Yeah. So actually, man, it's like you knew where we were going. Here we go. Mm-hmm. That parlays right into the next question. Uh, in the sermon yesterday, Pastor Randy said that God always answers the prayer for strength in my inner being. Could you please elaborate on where that comes from in Scripture? I may have missed it in the sermon. No, uh, th- it comes from uh, a place like ask and you shall receive. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of okay. would I, where would I proof text it? My, my initial reaction to that is uh, God, God has to answer that prayer. Um, he has to answer the prayer of, of his child. Remember, we started this off with, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And so we talked early on because he's our heavenly father, he's now mm-hmm. responsible for our care. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't come through in this prayer, we can't survive in this world. So it's a great act of worship to say, my heavenly father is sustaining my spiritual life. So I would say it, it comes first in this passage from that opening. The source of this is our heavenly father is the one extending care to us. So he's the one being prayed to. He will answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. Another way to angle this is if you're thinking theologically, there's no 
there's no benefit to his glory if he doesn't answer this prayer. There's no benefit to his glory. What happens is that what you have is you have a person, if, God forbid, he didn't answer this prayer, you would have one after another after another of his family members who would fall away. Mm-hmm. They would they would die spiritually. They cannot sustain this on their own. So that would be another angle would be to say the glory of God is at stake here. And so he does obligate himself to sanctify us. I'm reading through Leviticus. So here's another way we could do this. So I'm reading through Leviticus right now. And I think I was on like 20, chapter 20 or 21 this morning. And so what you have over and over again is I'm the one who sanctifies you. And it's the midst of all these laws. Yeah. I'm the one who sanctifies you. I'm the one who sanctifies you. Well, in this case, he's the one who strengthens us so that we are growing. So that would be another way to say he always answers this prayer. Now, one caveat, right? Mm-hmm. If, I am, if I am arrogant toward God and purposefully disobeying him and pray this prayer, yeah. now it's falling on death is he going to answer it? Or is he, or must he deal with me first? Yeah. And I'm going to go with the latter in light of what the scripture says about the discipline of the Lord on his own children. So you, you, you don't want to read this and say, or, or you didn't want to hear me and say, well, he's going to answer that prayer all the time, no matter my attitude toward him. Mm-hmm. Because it's very, very possible that a person can be aloof from God angry at God, a couple of, maybe a couple of emotional extremes, Mm -hmm. it's very possible that people can be in that condition and still attempt to pray to him. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and I mean, that reminds me of the passage in James, like the prayer of the unrighteous man, or he hears the prayers of the righteous man. Um, Mm -hmm. But he, when we pray according to his will, he answers us. And this this prayer is always according, according to, his, to will. his will. Always. This right. is one of the few prayers in the Bible that he always answers. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him not to. Right. It actually hurts his cause. That's good. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the confession here. I may have missed it in the sermon. Uh, there's two of us. If you did address it, there might be another person who misses things at times, like me. What was it? Uh, oh, this person's yeah, confession. This person, yeah. yeah, she may have missed the answer. I, I appreciate the fact that <laughs> some folks are listening that carefully and can, you know, can can track it. So that's great. Uh, those are both of those are are great. Thank you for whoever it was. Yeah, good questions. Yeah. Um, so I want to spend yeah what time we have left mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. Um, talking about this uh, kind of towards the end of the passage here, verses I think seventeen to nineteen. Mm-hmm. The app or the result of the strength. So yep. you spent a couple of minutes talking about that word dwell uh, and fleshing it out, taking more possession of or giving direction. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about, again, beyond Sunday and the importance of recognizing or remembering that my spiritual tug of war in my life mm-hmm. It's never stagnant. Mm-mm. It's it's always going one way or the other. That's a great point. And so if I'm allowing Christ to dwell in me, I'm going to be moving in uh, a righteous direction. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes there's a, uh, a misconception that the spiritual journey is just like a, we're just going to climb the stairs and we can just kind of, if we take a step, just kind of chill for a while and then take it easy. And, you know, maybe we did a missions trip and, you know, we followed through on some, mm. you know, commitments. Yeah. And now 
all right, I'm good. I did that. Now I can just kind of rest spiritually for a while. And that's not the case because if, if Christ is dwelling, we're moving in that direction, allowing him to gain kind of more ground in our life. And if we're not letting him dwell, if we're not letting him control, the enemy's actually gaining that ground back. We're not just kind of, what do you think to that? I, I think that's exactly right. I think, I think, I think if we're honest with our with our spiritual journey, we feel the pull. And probably one of the better texts for that is that that text in Galatians where you have, um, you know, the the spirit against the flesh, and they're each contrary to one another. Mm-hmm. That that text. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's probably one of the finest explanations of what you just described. That's the that's a source text for that what you described as our experience where there is no such thing as actually just resting at a certain level. It's or either spirit controlled or flesh controlled. Mm -hmm. And so if we have an inner peace that is being given to us by God, that's a place where Christ can then get to work and make, make progress sanctifying us. Yeah. Yeah. This, this whole thing is building on, uh, we, we pray for strength, uh, you know, that God would give us this strength to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that, and then the result of that, or I forget how I worded it or how you yeah. worded it, the, the result of. Yep. So it, and I, as I said on Sunday, this strength leads to this and then leads to this and then leads to this. And so uh, that's, that's a process. Yeah. And, and I think you're exactly right. I don't think it, I don't think it's we take a step and then we just sort of stop for a while. No. I think we're in we're in a spiritual battle and we're fighting for faith. Mm-hmm. And that warfare, that struggle, that tug of war, as you put it, is going on constantly. Mm-hmm. And then the second that in verse 17 there, mm-hmm. that you being rooted and grounded in love. Um, did you talk about, I felt like you said the word or the phrase social validation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I've been thinking about that. I've been reading through a book called The Intentional Father. Um, and it's been challenging because I think in today's world, especially you see it in, in our kids, but in adults too, we're trying to figure out kind of who are we. Mm-hmm. And we've come out of, you know, centuries, you know, mm-hmm. generations yeah. where people knew who they were because of their family. They kind of had a sense of identity around that. Mm-hmm. But in a world where families are crumbling and there's you know, traditions are being lost, yeah. people are looking for um, validation in so many other places. Mm-hmm. And social media seems to be a really big one. And um, this is where I think we really need to find our validation in the love of Christ mm-hmm. as children of the King. Yeah. And, and then... I, I use the analogy sometimes if you've been in the woods in the wind and you look up and you see the tops of these trees just waving back mm, and forth mm. and they're sometimes they're moving like yeah. they're really moving. Yeah. But when you take your eyes and put them down to the ground and you see the, the trunks stable, exactly. They're so strong. stable, they're strong and grounded. And that's, I think a great picture of who we are mm-hmm. in, in Christ. We, despite the circumstances around us, mm-hmm which can, you know, move the tops, move the trees and, you know, affect us to a degree. But when we're rooted and grounded in love and the love of Christ, our, our system is secure. Our, our root system is mm-hmm. stable. And that's, 
a place where we really have our ultimate validation. Yeah. And just what a what a great promise. What a great place to be as opposed to yeah. how many likes did I get from the last post? And, and how know, fickle that is. Oh, my word. Yeah. And, and, the, and the then to see, to see this is rock solid. I love the illustration of the force. And, and mm-hmm. that, I think that's so helpful. The, um, it, the song, I, uh, we may have sung it, uh, Christ is Enough for Me. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I think for us beyond Sunday, what we're trying to build as we walk with the Lord in this life is to be able to believe that more and more, mm-hmm. that Christ is enough for me that his love is enough for me so that whatever else is happening in my life, my relationship with him means that I have incredible value and it, it is a stabilizer like no other. Yeah. It's uh, and, and th- you know, my use of that term came from that article, which was just such an eye opener. I, I really, I had no idea uh, that so many teenagers worth was based upon the way in which others are responding to their uh, their videos or mm-hmm. something along those lines, and then uh, to see the the emotional uh, the emotional result of that and the trauma that that is causing. So, mm-hmm. you, I think you're right. That's that's for family. You know, you referenced that book. I think for all of us in the faith family, we we need to remind ourselves constantly of the love of Christ for us. That it is. Uh, it's unconditional. It's unchanging. It's rock solid, and then to be able to just uh, to keep moving in that in that strength, uh, so that we know it. And and of course, the paradox in the passage was this leads to the it leads to the ability to know something that's mm-hmm. beyond knowledge. Yeah. So it is it is the most wonderful thing. We can't comprehend it, mm-hmm. but we're in a journey to do that. Supernatural. Good. All right. Well, that's all I've got for you this week. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's gray sweater day in the office. If you're it listening, is. you can't see it, but Randy yes. and I match. We're looking sharp. I like a quarter zip. I know I, you do. I have I have one of those, I think. I've tried to pick up my quarter zip sweater game this, this winter. You did it. Yeah, thank you. you did it. Yeah, it's good. All right. We do our best around here. Thanks. We love you guys. We'll see you whenever we see you. Hopefully soon. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.